Hello and welcome to the J-Rod Tour Pod with me, James Robson. And me, Ollie Dix. So today, Ollie and I are going to be having a look at a bit of a bunch sprint today uh, at Stage 10. Potentially the flattest stage of the Tour de France anyone's ever seen. Yeah, flattest Think, stage I've ever seen. Uh, started at 9 metres, finished at 11 metres, peaked mm. out at 15. Started at 1 metre, oh. peaked out, finished at 9 metres, peaked oh, okay. out at 15. Sorry, that is a lot more climbing. <laughs> <laughs> right, but let's jump straight into the conversation Ollie and I are having about stage 10 of the Tour de France. Right, so the first thing to chat about is that yesterday on the rest day, uh, everyone involved in the Tour de France was tested for COVID. Um, none of the riders returned positive tests, so yeah. everyone negative, which is good. Yeah. Um, touch wood. Touch wood. It stays that way. One, one back room staff member from the following teams tested positive so it was Ineos Grenadiers AG2 Ala Mondial Mitchelton Scott and Kofidis and the other person who tested positive was Michel Prudhomme who's the race director of the Tour de France so the guy who we see standing out of the red car waving the flag at the start of every race yeah. he has now been replaced and is quarantining he wasn't part of the race bubble in inverted commas yeah. uh, so it doesn't really make much of a difference to the riders but the positive thing is that no rider has tested positive yeah I think he'll return for stage 18 so he'll quarantine for 7 days ok um, and yeah and do that the good thing that also the four backroom staff members are have all left the race bubble as well. So they were a part of the bubble and now have left it and I assume will not return. What's important to note, that all of this is important obviously, is if two or more members from one team test positive, that team will be eliminated from the Tour de France. So it is very, very much that those four teams now have to make sure that they stick to the rules on everything yeah so you can i think it's more like at the same two at time the same time oh, okay not one and two okay but still like you said i think everyone it's almost as important as the cycling yeah um but then turning our attention now to the cycling because there was a little bit of a a breakaway that happened a two-man sort of time trial breakaway michael share who is one of the most fascinating riders for me in the tour because he's six foot six. He's a centimetre taller than me. He's 198 centimetres tall. It's a good way of getting your height out there. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but, like... A giant. A giant compared to a lot of these cyclists, especially yeah. if you put him next to someone like Nairo Quintana, who's about three foot four. Yeah. Um, He'll be happy that that's his listed height as well. That's yeah, yeah. probably higher than his actual. Yeah. <laughs> but him and um, I think it's Sebastian Kuhn. Yeah, he won uh, the the red numbers for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, the aggressive rider or combative yeah. rider, they call it. Yeah. Um, but they went out on a breakaway but never got to more than two minutes and the peloton was kind of controlling it. It was quick though. Yeah. Peloton was shifting. I think first hour was like 49, second hour was like 47, like averages, so like quick. And we saw probably our first couple of like big bunch crashes as well. Like yeah. we had a couple at the start, but these were ones that were sort of in the middle of a stage shouldn't have happened bunch crashes. 
the I first think that one came from the winds as well. Yeah, so there was a lot of jostling for position during quite a cross windy day. Um, first one looked like just a touch of wheels, but took out a fair few guys. The second one, uh, no, the first one ended in our first abandonment. Yeah, one of the Mitchells and Scott riders, I think, had a, a looked to be holding his collarbone. Uh, then there was a crash into a bit of road. They call it road furniture, which I love. Um, it's just like someone's left a sofa in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. It's actually an island. Yeah. Uh, there was a crash uh, into one of them uh, towards the latter stages of the race, um, which did tie up uh, Pagaccia, Guillaume Martin, and one of the sprinters as well. But all of them managed to get back on safely. Not sure if anyone, if any of the domestiques got caught up, but don't think so. But then it kind of rolled down to um, a bunch sprint at the end. Uh, Sam Bennett won. Yes. Got led out nicely by the Koenig Quickstep yep. and won uh, the stage in front of Caleb Ewan by... A wheel. Yeah, a wheel width. Yeah. I mean, really not much. No. Followed closely by Peter Sagan, who's about a bike length back. Sagan had taken points in the intermediate sprint yep. uh, over Sam Bennett, but Sam Bennett now retains the green jersey. So Bennett did come third in that. Yeah. So uh, was it Trentin from yeah. CCC? So it was Trentin, Sagan, then Sam Bennett at so the that, intermediate sprint. That was 20 points to Trentin, 17 to Sagan, 15 to Bennett. And then in the final sprint, it was Bennett, Caleb Ewan, Sagan. Which then made it 50 points to Bennett, 30 points to Ewan, 20 points to Sagan. So you can see there where the little switcheroo happened of the green jersey. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether uh, whether Bora Hansgrohe go for another big shift tomorrow to get Sagan back into green, whether they can get themselves fueled up appropriately because tomorrow is another flat stage. Um, but we'll get onto that in a minute. I mean, they say now what's worth noting is Bennett won what they call... Out- the trilogy so he's now won a stage in every grand tour and is the seventh irishman ever to win a stage in the tour um very emotional for him you know obviously this is a a complete dream come true um but i mean like i don't know whether this is the end for peter sagan i don't know whether it's the end of an era but it's good to see him having competition because we're so used to kind of giving him the jersey before the tour started and yeah and like you look at guys like Trentin doesn't I don't think he feels as though he's out of it he's now like 70 points behind Bennett but like was very adamant that he was gonna get that intermediate sprint and kind of put himself in that conversation and I think the more guys feel like that and want to get themselves involved the harder it's going to be for Sagan because we've we've quite frequently spoken about Sagan being an accumulator doesn't often win it not doesn't win many stages but those intermediate sprints are his whereas now that's not becoming like a foregone conclusion and i think like yeah if he needs to now start winning some stages to get some big points hauls yeah um roglic stays in yellow not really much he's probably going to no. stay in yellow tomorrow again because yeah. as we've mentioned it's a flat as a pancake stage um nothing for really anyone else but i mean it was it uh, how am I going to say this? A day for the purists today, uh, yeah. apart from the last couple of K. You have to commit to 100K of pretty boring cycling 
and the commentators talking about the wind to then get to the good stuff. Got to see Fort Boyard, though. I think you might be too young to remember Fort Boyard. I, if only the viewer, the listeners could see my face right now. I have no idea what Fort Boyard is. Oh, it was like this kids' TV show where they um, they you, there was it was like that fort in the middle of the ocean, and it's like it's, it's like an oval-shaped fort that's, I mean, it must be like five or six stories high, and they put these kids on. And they had to like it's kind of like the Crystal Maze, like they had to solve a whole load of series of challenges and you know kind of fear factor as well there were difficult rooms that were dark and uh, and then there was just like some weird wizard as well it was pretty epic i think that says a lot about today's stage that that was one of that's one of the, the things we're talking about that we're talking about <laughs> even now in the recap never mind that actual race yeah okay but then looking on to tomorrow it looks like a pretty similar sort of stage you know i think the tour realised that they had a pretty hard first week and they needed to give the climbers a bit of a rest before. I mean, what looks like a savage second half of the tour, there are some big, big climbs coming up and I think the um, the GC guys and the climbers would would have appreciated it if the pace was 10k's an hour slower, I think, today, don't you? Yeah, 100%. I think this is almost the last opportunity for the sprinters you won't other than the champs elysees well yeah but until then this is going to be their last kind of time and then it's going to be a bit like getting through a, a very very tough 10 days um and yeah i think whoever stays in whoever get if bennett can stay in green tomorrow there's probably a nice chance that he stays in green then for quite a while because it's only like a singular intermediate sprint on like each of the next stages and it's like you said it's only when we arrive in Paris where there'll be a chance for some big points to be won yeah so tomorrow 167 and a half K um, starting at 5 metres finishing at 112 metres so there is a cap 4 climb in there somewhere but I mean, it's a K at 4%, not really much to worry these guys. Um, other than that, yeah, I think it, it's it's a day for the bunch and, and hopefully... Uh, and it's our halfway mark as well. Yeah, but hopefully I think the peloton slows down a bit for tomorrow. I think it the the riders are all looking for it. But, you know, with a bit of climbing in there, could be a day for a, a bit of a breakaway, who knows? I think they'll be fully aware that Thursday is absolutely savage. Yeah. And won't want to put anyone in any kind of difficulty going into that day because it will blow the race apart, I think, on Thursday. I'm going to back Caleb Ewan tomorrow. Mm. I like the way he, I like, he sat on Sam Bennett's wheel yeah. for the lead out, got himself in a good position and just narrowly missed out. If he can get a bit more of a coordinated sprint and maybe have one guy, one lead out guy there to take a bit of the win for him. Yeah, he might be, you know, he's been looking pretty good. Uh, and I think he's he's one to watch for tomorrow. Yeah, I think one of today's intermediate sprinters will win. What do you mean? Hedge my bets. Sagan, Bennett or Trenton. Okay. Right, so thank you very much for listening to that episode of the J-Rod Tour Pod. Uh, previewing a pretty flat stage tomorrow and looking back at a pretty flat stage today. 
Um, but obviously tomorrow after the bunch sprint, we are returning to the mountains, going up the Alps, and we got the Col de Madeleine on uh, Friday, I think it is, or Thursday. So it's going to get pretty tasty towards the weekend. But until then, please make sure that you keep listening to all of the different podcasts that we've got coming out. We've got the Formula One podcast with Sam Quarter coming out tomorrow morning. More tour pods coming out as and when the tour keeps going. And our J-Rod Sports pod, which will come out on Friday. But until then, please make sure that you subscribe, follow us on social media, and let us know if there's anything you want to hear.